going to do the 2 Kings chapter 6 tonight. I'm going to read the first seven verses. I'll give you a thought out of that. Uh, it, it, it'll help us. I, I believe what I've been trying to do in the last three or four weeks to encourage those who are still rooted, those who are still grounded, the, the remnant. I'm trying to encourage you to stay strong, keep going, don't give up, don't throw the towel in, don't turn away from God, but get closer to God. Because in these last days, I do believe we're living in, and we're living in those last days, that you have to be as close as God as you can get. Because it's, it's, it's getting to be a mess out in this world. And I'm afraid there's an awful lot of Christians who are sitting in churches today who have actually just gotten it too comfortable with everything. I, and I can't get over this last well, Wednesday night. We, we talked about uh, uh, tolerance. Churches are becoming tolerant of all the stuff that's going on in this world. And that's what God did not say we had to be tolerant. He said you had to have compassion and, and, and don't and don't tolerate the sin that they're doing. Love the sinner, but hate the sin. But churches has flipped that. Says we've got to have tolerance and accept it and be okay with it. No, you don't. You ain't got to be okay with sin. You don't, you don't have to be okay with it. If you if you're okay with sin, then I'd get my life checked out. I, I find out where I'm at here because uh, the Bible says you have compassion. But some having tolerance, and we don't want to have tolerance about sin tonight. Have compassion on the sinner. Pray for that sinner. Invite them to church. I invite everybody to church. I invite all kinds of people to come to church because they need the Lord too. They need the Lord too. Amen. We, we just because we get our, we're saved and I'm saved and I'm on my way to heaven. We forget about everybody else out there. But you know what? God, God died for, Jesus died for all of us. All of us, you know. 2 Kings chapter 6, verse number 1. And the sons of the prophets said unto Elijah, Behold now, the place where we dwell with thee is too straight for us. Underline that. Underline that. Too straight for us. Let us go, we pray thee, unto Jordan, and take thence every man a beam, and let us make us a better place, a place there where we may dwell. And he answered and says, Go ye. Elijah said, Go, go. He said, be content, I pray thee, and go with thy servants. And he answered, I will go. I believe they kind of egged him on and, and trying to and poke at him. So he you go, go with us. And I think he just gave in, so I'll go with you. So, when with, so he went with them. And when they came to Jordan, they cut down wood. But as one was felling a beam, the axe head fell off the water. And he cried and said, Alas, master, for it was borrowed. And the man of God said, Where fell it? And he showed him the place. And he cut down a stick and cast it in thither, and the iron did swim. Therefore said he, Take it up. And he put it out his hands and took it up. Let us pray. Father, we just come before you thanking you for your mercy and grace and love tonight, Lord. We just ask you to be with each one tonight, Lord. Open our hearts and minds, Lord, for the simple message, Lord, that for our lives that we need to hear tonight, Lord. And we just ask you to open our hearts and Lord, empty yourself and fill them with our spirit. In Jesus' name we do pray. Amen, amen. Verse 1, they said, This place that we dwell is too straight for us. Preach on this tonight on things that you lose when you leave the straight way. Things that you lose when you leave the straight way. It seems to me that the, uh, they had to stay in the straight way. 
they, they wouldn't lose some things. If you stay in a straight way, you will not lose some things down the road. You may say, well, it, that, it's just an axe head. No big deal, just an axe head. But can I tell you, there are more valuable things in our life to lose down the road if we get out of the straight way. These guys go to Elijah and said, hey, we, we want to know something, Elijah. This place that we're at, we're hanging out with you, we've got to be honest with you, Elijah. It's just, it's just a little bit too straight for us, too strict for us. Elijah said, you're part of a, a little bit too narrow-minded, Elijah. You're not, you're not like the other ones. They're, they're kind of open to everything. Elijah said, hey, hey, you're just like a little hardcore, Elijah, a little bit hard-nosed. Can I say this? Those that would say that we are strict, can I say that it's not the fact that we are not strict, is the problem is, that we are too straight for them. Straightness, strictness has nothing to do with it. Straightness has everything to do with it. Being straight, staying straight. You see, what do you mean by that? The Bible says in Philippians chapter 2, verse 3, that you may be blameless and harmless, the sons of God without rebuke in the midst of the crooked and perverse nation. Boy, I love that. A crooked and perverse nation among whom ye shine as lights in the world. We ought to be a light in this dark world. We ought to be a, 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 a living in a world with this crooked and the perverse nation. We're living in a generation that does not want to be straight. A generation he has, uh, has bent toward being crooked this morning, this evening. In every part of life, not just in some things, but every part of life, they're bent to be crooked. They're crooked in their sins. They're crooked in their worship. Uh, they're crooked in their business. And we're living a day where very few people want to be straight. But listen to me. For the hand of and the touch of God to be on your life and my life and in this place, there has to be some straightness in our life. I believe God appreciates anything that is straight. People make the, uh, like when you are straight, you're an odd. You, you, you're an odd. You, you go to church all this time. You're, you're weird. Nothing's wrong with being straight tonight. Nothing wrong lining up with the Word of God tonight. There's nothing wrong giving God the glory. And I'm telling you about your walk with the Lord, preaching on this thing. Things you lose when you leave the straight way. I wonder where it does it end. With all these bendings that we're doing today, and we see it in our churches today, the bending across our nation. We see the, uh, the bending in rules and bending of standards. We see it in our world there's no, they say there's no perfect word of God anymore. I believe we had the perfect word of God before us. And I, I believe if you're going to believe one word and trust in one word, you have to trust in every word of God. They're, they're trying to say this is a, 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 it's not a, it's not the real word of God anymore. There's mistakes in this book. And you can't believe in it. Listen, if I can't trust everything in it, I can't trust none of it. But they're saying, hey, this is not the true Word of God. They're making a bend to accept their beliefs. 
So where do we stop it? Where, where does this bend stop it? We can end up like the church in Tennessee said this word of God, said there, is, there isn't a word of God anymore. The pastor told the congregation, this is not the word of God. It's not the revelation of God. You can end up in a place where you have no truth anymore. So where does this bending stop? So what happens when we keep sliding and bending and leaving the straight way? We lose the old hymns that we sing. I love the old hymns. Instead, we get the lights and smoke shows. We start looking for a club and sound like a club. and we, we got all the things going on. It feels like a club. It looks like a club. And somehow or another throwing Jesus in all of your worship. Listen, where does it go after that? It never stops. A bending never stops. A sliding never stops. Here's my concern about this bending that's going on in churches today. We've got children here. And, and if we bend just a little bit in some standards somewhere along the line, if we just bend a little bit to, and our kids start seeing us bend, when they grow up in their generation, how far will they take that bending past that? Will they go further than you? And surely enough, they will because they see how you bend on some things. Uh, they say, well, uh, we can bend on some more. We can take it further than what our parents took. it. I'm concerned with children like that today. That's why we have children today running the way we run around them like during the day. Because parents have bended, the churches have bended, they've lost, they left the straight way. There is a danger, things that you lose when you leave the straight way. We have to be like Joshua. For me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. I have made my mind up that I'm not going to get out of the straight way. I'm going to stay in the straight way. There are some benefits for staying in the straight way. But there are some things that you lose when you step out of the straight way this, this night. You lose the crowd that you were with. Look at the text. They said, Elijah, we're not content to dwell where you are no more. We're not content to dwell with you, Elijah. And that's the crowd that were with Elijah. A man had, had, that had a touch of God in his life. A man that knew what God is about. But when we leave the straight way, we leave the crowd that we know. We leave the crowd that has touched God on the life. You say, Elijah, he went with him. Yes, listen, but he didn't stay with them, did he? You read on, he's back in where he came from. I, I don't believe that, uh, that he was wanting to go begin with. He said, go ye. He's telling you, you can go ahead. I'm happy right in a straight way. They pushed him, urged him, prodded him, probed him, and go. And you know what they said. We are tired of hanging on. We're tired of hanging out with old Elijah. This fellow, because Elijah, he's, uh, he's so hard. You read the chapters before this. 
They said the cur- he, that he cursed people and made the sheep bear eat the, the children. The Bible said the children mocked him. And he said, go up thou bald head. And he cursed them. And, and that name, and, uh, and he, in the name of the Lord, and the two sheep bears came out and, and, and slaughtered those kids. Uh, you're too hard, Elijah. You're too strict, Elijah. You need to relax your standards. You need to relax your, your feeling about this. You see what this leads up to? It leads up to wanting to leave. Somebody in Elijah's congregation, Gehazi, got off into sin. He got leprosy. And that's a picture of a sin. And Elijah rebuked him and kicked him out and dealt with it. And he said, Elijah, he's just too tough. Too hard, Elijah. Yeah, but Elijah knows that he, what he, if he left Gehazi in there, that that sin, that sin would have been filtered down there, and he would have, he would have infected the whole congregation there, that everybody had been doing the same thing. You know why people leave the straight way? Because they look at and say, that's just a little bit too tough for us tonight. That's just a little bit too hard for me to walk that way. There's some reasons behind some of the things that goes on. Look at the caliber of the people that lead the straight way. Go to chapter number 2. Here Elijah's walking with Elijah. Elijah's walking with Elijah and he's walking with, and he's about to be carried off in a whirlwind from heaven. And the sons of the prophets come to them and they said about the sons of the prophets, you will never find, you'll never find anywhere in the Bible where anybody from the sons of the prophets does anything from God. Except one, then he got it wrong and got killed. They're always criticizing. They're always criticizing. They always uh, uh, contradict what Elijah and Elijah was doing. They never do anything for God. But you know, they said, Elijah will never do anything for God. He's just too straight. He's too strict. But if you go over and hear and do out, and do out uh, uh, your own thing and we'll do our own thing, we can build something big and we can build something better. We can, we can make something great, Elijah. But we read in the book about Elijah raising the dead, hit blinding, uh, blinding eyes and, and then blind the eyes of an entire army. Elijah's standing there when Elijah goes up to heaven and catches the mantle. Elijah's building something that, that you see I think you can have when you get drop your standards. When you drop your standards, you lose it. You drop your Bible, you drop your music, you act like the world, and you get a crowd today that's not true to the old things of God. And that, that, that same old-timey preaching is still good today. It works today. Uh, the gospel singing still works today. It's not change. Clean living still works today. And we'll raise another generation when you leave the straight way, you're losing the crowd that you wished you were with. Chapter 2. Look at chapter 2. Verse number 6. And Elijah said unto him, Terry, I pray thee here, for the Lord hath sent me to Jordan. And he said, As the Lord liveth, and as the, my soul liveth, I will not leave thee. And thy two, they, and two, they two went on. 
We don't see that type of commitment no more in the house of God. Elijah told uh, Elisha, stay here. But Elijah said, I'm, I'm not going to leave you. I'm going to stick with you. I'm not going to leave you. I, I, I'm super glued myself to you. I, I'm nailing my feet right beside you. You may preach hard enough to get me to the altar, but you're not going to preach hard enough to get me to the back door. Amen. Verse 7, he said, And fifty men of the sons of God, the prophets, went and stood. A, look here. You see, what, you see what Elijah and Elijah, what they're doing, they're doing things for God. But here's the prophets, the son of God. They were stood afar off. And they stood by Jordan. You see, they're, they're, not all way, they're not all the way in. I will tell you, the crowd that doesn't like the straight way, the crowd that doesn't want to walk the straight way, is that crowd that's not all the way, that crowd that has not sold out in God. They just want to stand off to the side and pick everything apart, criticize everything you're doing. That wasn't Elijah. Problem, he said, I'm going to stick here with you. I'm not going to move. I am committed all the way to the end. Do you know what the picture of Elijah and Elisha is today in the picture of Jesus Christ and the Christian today? I am walking with him. I'm not leaving him. I'm stuck with him. I'm not, I don't care how tough he gets. I'm going to stay in a straight way with Jesus Christ. We see the sons of the prophets uh, are standing afar off. They're looking off. They're outside, outside looking in. And let me tell you what, the better place is to be inside. These are the one that leads a straight way. They're not committed. The Lord wants some Christians today to be committed and faithful season, in season, or out of season. That's absolutely committed tonight. They're always contradicting. Verse number 16. And they said unto him, Behold now, there be with thy servant fifty strong men. Let them go, we pray thee, and seek thy master. Lest peradventure the Spirit of the Lord have taken him up and cast him into some mountain or into some valley. They didn't even believe God took him. They just think God took him and took him and put him in, cast him into the mountain or took him to the desert. They, they didn't believe. They didn't believe that God took Elijah. They didn't believe he got to heaven. But Elijah gets to heaven and Elijah has his mantle. They said, Preadventure, the Spirit of the Lord had taken and cast him into the mountains or in some valley. Why would they say that? Why would the sons of prophets say that? God picked up Elijah and carried him and throwed him down in the valley. Verse 17, And when they urged him to tell the, be ashamed, he said, Sin, they sent therefore fifty men, they sought three days, but found him not. They're looking for somebody they ain't going to find. That's what a lot of Christians are doing today. They're out looking for something they're never going to find because they're not looking in the right place. Verse number 18, And when they had came again at him, for he tarried at Jericho, and he said unto them, Did I not say unto you? Did I not tell you? Did I not say that? Go not. Did I, did I tell you don't do this? Because, hey, God's got him. See, this crowd doesn't like the straight way. They're always looking for something to go after, chasing after. And that is not the truth. They're not interested in the truth. 
They're interested in the, well, let's just try this. Well, we'll just do this. We'll just go over there. We'll, we'll do this. There's a crowd of these chasing after stuff that God never intended for you to chase after, nothing you follow after. There's a lot of them running in the wrong direction that God never meant for us to run in that direction tonight. But I'm interested in getting into the book and staying straight tonight. So what, what do you lose when you leave the straight way? You lose the crowd you were with. You lose those that were washed in the blood, those are sanctified. You lose, you lose those that you hung out with, that you stayed with. You know what they're going. Look at chapter 6. Go back to chapter 6 for me. Not only do you lose the crowd that you hung out with, not only do you lose the crowd at the church, at the temple, at the house of God, you lose the clarity. When they were in a straightway place, that meant that was a real clear place for them to be. The boundaries were set. The boundaries were marked. Verse 4 says, When they went with them, and when they came to Jordan, they cut down wood. You see, they... They got there and there was absolutely no clarity of boundaries. They're, listen to what I'm about to, fixing to tell you. If you get nothing else out of this, do not do you know why people leave the straight way? I'll tell you why they leave the straight way. They go to a place where they can make their own boundaries, their own standards, their own thing. They go to this. Why, why, when they left from the boundaries that were clearly marked with Elijah, it was clearly the boundaries were set. This is the way they walk in. But when they get there, they have to start cutting down. They have to start cutting the wood down. In other words, they're making their own boundaries. Keep cutting, moving along. When does it stop? When does it stop? When you keep cutting. When you, when you keep changing your boundaries. Lisa, when you, listen, when you leave the straight way, you're leaving boundaries that were clearly marked for your life. The danger that we, we, we are living in today is uh, people setting up their own boundaries for what they're going to do and how they're going to do it and where they're going to live and how they're going to live. They don't care about the boundaries they don't have that's been set. They don't care about what's been set by the Word of God. All we're doing is today is cutting down wood and making our boundaries more and more. We're, we're, we're bending in a way, we're slipping in a way that our boundaries get larger and larger in churches today. And we find that churches have slipped to the farther east or far west. They're just slipping, eat, slipping and slipping. We find it running in churches today. People are leaving the straight way because they don't want any boundaries in their life. Any standards in their life. We want to do what we want to do. We want to be what we want to be. We want to go where we want to go. We want to do what we want to do. We don't want any restrictions on us. We don't want restrictions in our life. I can do what I want to, how I want to, and where I want to do it at. That's not in the Bible. The Bible said make straight path for your feet, not crooked path. Don't run up close to the edge and see how far you can get to the edge, how close you can get to the edge and push the boundaries. Listen, God is interested in you getting in the middle of the road and staying there in a straight place tonight. I thank God we go to a church where the boundaries are clearly marked. 
I thank God for that. I think we've, we've marked our boundaries. Uh, uh, what Bible we're going to believe in, what word we're going to believe in, on our preaching, our singing. I believe the boundaries were clearly marked on how we're going to worship. How we dress, how we talk, how we walk, how, how we praise God. It, the boundaries are clearly marked in the church. And I, I thank God that we have boundaries set. But let me just say this. It, it, if we don't keep those boundaries and those marks in our life, we can slip up and start bending them and accepting things that should not be going on. You lose your clarity when you get out of the straight way. You have to start making your own boundaries. You know why people, the majority of the reason why people take Baptists off their signs? Because there's no clarity. If you take Baptists off, there's no clarity. Nobody knows what you believe. Nobody knows what you're preaching on. Nobody knows where you stand at. And people like it. I, I, I see this church called non-denominational. Believe it or not, it is a denomination called non-denominational. It, 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 it's a standard. I mean, it's, it's, it's something that uh, we just start bending. When you've got non-denomination, you don't, you're taking off the church, you're taking off Baptists or anything else, you start to accept whatever walks through the door. If you ever want to take Baptists off your marquee, let me know. I'll find me another one. I'll find me another one. But you lose your clarity, you lose your understanding. We are Baptists, and I'm not ashamed of it. And the boundaries are clearly marked on where we go, what we do, how we talk, what we read, and what Bible we read, and how we act in the house of God. It's clearly marked. But you go to some churches, you, got, you, you shake your head at it. Mm, something wrong. You lose the crowd that you run with, that you was used to. You lose your clarity. But not only that, you lose your cutting edge. Look what it said in verse number 5. But as one fell in, fell in, a, fell in a beam, they asked, the axe head fell into the water. You know why the axe head came off? This, this is deep, deep Bible here. <laughs> and it took me a while for when I prayed, Lord, you need to give me the answer. Why did that axe head fall off that axe? You know why. Let me mind's clear to get, take this theological boom right here. Because it was loose. It was loose. That's the reason why. They, and can you see it in churches today? The cutting edge, uh, the cutting edge, you're cutting and you're cutting. The churches today are cutting and cutting, but the axe heads don't come off. They have no, they have no power. They have nothing going on. They're just chopping away, chopping away, and nothing. The cutting edge has come off. They've gotten too loose in what they believe and how they believe it. They're, they're still doing something. They're still going through the motions, but there's no cutting edge there. And church is going through that today. They're going through the motions. They've gotten loose. They've lost their cutting edge. And you know what produces the cutting edge in the church? It's called the Holy Ghost and the Word of God. It's that sharp two-edged sword, sword 
of the Holy Ghost and Holy Spirit that produces the ability to make a difference in people's lives. You know what Paul, people said about Paul's preaching, and Paul said it to his, about himself, about his own preaching. He said there, there's four types of preaching that I preach. He said he uses great plainness of speech. Great plainness. They said his preaching is real plain. They said his preaching was contemptible. Contempt. Despicable. Then he, thought, then he said he, 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 he used rude speech. And this is where he described in his own preaching. He said, my preaching is plain, plainness. I, I preach in plainness, I, and contemptiveness. And uh, uh, then he said, I, rudeness. And he said, I preach that way. And then he said, sharpness. He preached in sharpness. Paul said his own preaching is plain, contemptible, and rudeness and sharpness. People that are not in the straight way don't have that. People that are loose, people that are bending, they don't have that sharpness in their preaching anymore. Preachers are afraid they will offend somebody in church today. We, we, they have, we got a lot of preachers, we ought to just call them Peter Rabbit. They hop around this, they hop around that, and hop over there and hop over there, making sure they don't hit on anything that's going to upset anybody or make somebody mad in church because they don't want to lose anybody. I, I'll just preach some feel-good message and that. I don't want to hit you to your core. I don't want to tell you where you're sin at. I don't want to bring sin out in your life, so I'm just going to hop around it. Preaching is supposed to be direct. Now, how many of y'all ever left here and said, man, the preacher hit me right in the heart and I think somebody told him on me. I think the preacher went home and read my diary and now he's preaching all over me. I've had people tell me that all the time. All the time. But preaching should be sharp and it should be done with power and authority. I thank God for the straight way. The straight way in our lives will keep us out of a whole lot of sin. Amen. You get out of that straight way, you're going to get over in the world, you're going to have some sin come to your life. Look at verse 6 again. When it came for them to recover, they needed to get right. Look who they went back to. And the man of God said, Where faileth? He showed him the place, and when he cut it down, Cut a stick and cast it in leather and the iron did swim. You see, when you get, when they got crooked away from the straight way, you can see they ended up needing to call the man that they left back anyway. They left him. They needed help in recovering what they had lost. They couldn't do it on themselves. They couldn't do it by themselves. They had to get a man of God to come in there and show them what to do. They had left the straight way and went crooked and bending. They, they called the man that they didn't want to be around anymore. They said, you're just too hard for us, too rough for us. But yet when things got bad, when things were going rough, they called on him. And that's the same way today when people leave the church and things get rough and things get hard on them. Who do they call? They call the church. They're wanting the church to help them out. They want preachers to come and pray for them. They left the man of God. They left the house of God. But yet, 
they always wind up coming back to God. Unless you maybe feel like you outnumbered your work because you're living the Christian life, the light is shining. Some of you have families that really don't like the way you live your life and what you stand for and how you stand for it. They don't like you living for God the way you do. They don't like the straightness. They think you ought to bend and have a, a tolerant attitude about things. And all you're doing is just trying to live for God. They don't like you. They don't like you. You're doing what you used to do. Just do what you used to do. But listen to me, that whole bunch don't want to be straight. They want to live in that bended, slipping, sliding world. But when the chips are down, when the life gets hard, they start losing things, their life starts hitting the skid. Trust me, they don't call on those that are loose with them. They don't call on those who's been bent farthest out of the way. They're going to call somebody the straight way. They're going to call on somebody that's straight because they always know that somebody's straight. They got the power and authority of God. They're going to call on somebody they know that has the power. The reason why I say that, because they're watching your testimony at work. You've you got a testimony at work. If you're serving God, living for God, that light ought to be shining at work. And they should know that, hey, that, that, that's, a, that's a Christian right there. They serve God. They love God. And I can see it as they walk by. I know they're serving God. They're a servant of God. I know it. I don't have to ask. I don't have to doubt. I don't have to ask any questions. I don't have to go out and find out. The life itself shows it that I'm a Christian. And when they see that, that's who they go to. That's why we got to let our light shine. That's why it's imperative that we stay in the straight way today. Don't bend. Don't slide. Don't say, well, we can loosen our standards over here. No, you can't. Standards are set. God set the standards. We have to live to his standards. He doesn't live to our standards. And we have to serve God the way God said to serve. Love him the way he said to love him. That's what he wants us to do. So let's stay in a